Welcome to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Janelle Amos, and in this podcast, we talk about all things, you guessed it, demand generation in a simplified way. We cover the basics of what demand generation is, all the way through to how to get started and how to be successful when launching your demand generation framework. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive in. Today, let's talk chatbots. Are chatbots still relevant in B2B marketing? And should they be used in your demand and strategy? Also, forgive me and my voice. And if you guys hear any <clears throat> sickness just like that, I am still battling the flu a little bit. And so I'm still trying to push through with this podcast and a couple other work for my clients. So please bear with me for today's episode. And I will do my best to pause, mute myself do what I need to do, and then return. So if you guys hear any lags or even some coughs or sickness or sniffles, again, please forgive me. I'm trying my best. <laughs> so chatbots. Chatbots were created, essentially, in my opinion, to like mirror the natural human conversations just via AI, artificial intelligence, and leveraging that as a new experience and like an entertaining way for a user on a website to engage with a brand. It could be solved for finding and sourcing pieces of content. It could be solved for getting in contact with somebody to learn more. It could be solved for signing up for a webinar or an event. It could be solved for um, a customer looking for customer support or having a specific question on billing or licenses. I think those were created on the right track. Right. I think there is good intention behind creating a chatbot. And I think there are still some B2B companies that are leveraging it correctly and appropriately and using it to the success of their demand gen campaigns. However, the majority of companies that I see running chatbots are using it more with the priority of a contact acquisition more than trying to enable and entertain a user's experience on their site. So, what do I mean by that? A great example, I was on a website um, scrolling. It was like my first or second time visiting. I just wanted to learn more. And this chatbot, you know, avatar popped up and it said, you know, thanks for checking out our site. Let me know if you need anything. And that was it. Just a simple message. You know, it's just little itty bitty on the corner. And so I clicked on it, you know, because I'm always curious as a marketer, as a demand gen consultant, like what these experiences look like. And low key, I judge <laughs> certain companies and brands based on the experiences that they provide. And it also helps me learn more about if they're deploying lead gen, demand gen, ABM, right? A little bit more behind like their strategy. And again, I just nerd out on just my own little curiosity and my nerdiness behind that. So I clicked on it, right? And it expanded. And the very first thing that it said was like, excited to chat with you. Please provide your email address in case we get disconnected. First and foremost, like, I'm not even connected with you, period, right? Like, let in case we get disconnected, like, we're not even connected yet. Like, I haven't even asked a question. You haven't even given me any type of value. Like, it just seemed very, very superficial. And then the second part is that is, like, you already want my email address before I could even ask a question. And so that tells me a lot about how they prioritize like contact information and contact acquisition before even providing value for me at all. Um, and I feel like that's a very poor way to use a chatbot experience. I think there's a lot of better interactions that we could be talking about and putting into motion when we talk about enabling a user's journey on a website. And so in this episode, I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about some of the 
roadblocks and the issues why companies don't go that route, right? Because I think there's a reason why companies are going that direction and they're not just being totally naive, right? Or wanting to sabotage a user's experience. I don't think anybody's intentionally doing that. They're trying to to deploy the best strategy that they see possible, right? And that meets the needs of deriving their KPIs and the orientation of that landscape with how they're created and generated and that infrastructure for measuring, for marketing, for reporting, all those things. So I, I don't want to, you know, hash too much on companies that are doing that, right? I recognize that there are still gaps that we need to be solving when we're having these conversations and talking about these conversations. So to that point, one of the, the problems when it comes to deploying the chatbot with asking for the contact acquisition first is you're limiting the engagement that that user could give you. You still know nothing about them. You still have absolutely no idea what they're interested in, why they came to the website to begin with, if they're even a qualified buyer or prospect or maybe even potentially a customer. All you care about upfront is that contact information. And I think the way that we can support that journey a little bit better is by offering some questions upfront, like what are you looking to solve today? How can I help? What brings you to the site? And having them tell you a little bit more about why they're there, who they are, what they're looking for, and then sourcing the information to give them what they need as best as we can. Chatbots are great to kind of immediately support those type of conversations of saying, hey, I'm looking to learn more about X. A chatbot could source that information and immediately provide it to that user to where that user could have their question answered right then and there. The problem with chatbots is they are, they are limited by what they're programmed specifically to do or what they're enabled to do by leveraging artificial intelligence, right? So if somebody comes to the site and they're like, I'm wanting to learn more about this topic and the chatbot pulls two or three different options and they're like, does this help answer your question? Person goes, no. And then the chatbot could ask, you know, okay, you know, what are you looking to help answer? Again, we're kind of going in a loop. We're going in a dead end. And so one of the things, if you're leveraging a chatbot strategy, is to recognize when conversations have this mindless loop or when they're, you know, spiraling towards a dead end and recognizing that it might be a good time to route in a human, to route in somebody. Again, if we know enough up, up front, if we can justify somebody's time with enabling this user's um, experience on the site. And this goes down another rabbit hole, right? Of like justifying somebody's time to support a user. My justification is if they're on their site and giving the time of day, I feel like we should at least also give the time of day back. I don't think we have to say, you know, they're not our ICP, so we can't speak to them at all ever. I think that's a very poor approach to marketing in general, but I'll cover this a little bit more um, in the next coming minutes. But finding a way to identify what those like endless loops are and bringing in the help to support that, of course, if it makes sense, if you have those type of resources, that could be a great way to better support a chatbot journey, especially in the eyes of the customer experience. Now, one of the, I guess a few of the biggest pushbacks that I get for routing in a human are two things. One, routing in general for B2B companies can be very, very complex. And for startups specifically, probably changes every couple of months, every couple of quarters as you onboard new people, as new people leave the company, as you grow, as you expand, all these different things change routing. And changing the routing roles specifically for the chatbot, in addition to everywhere else that you have to update, it can be really time consuming and frankly, just a pain. 
But I don't think that that should be the reason why we use it as an excuse not to support the users that are on your site. If it's important to have a type of user experience, you need to be able to enable those type of routing conversations. So if you're able to put that routing on paper and to justify it and to support it, make a checkbox on all the different places that routing needs to be updated if it goes through that change. And that way it's not forgotten and you're not accidentally sending to somebody else's calendar or you're accidentally involving the wrong person if they're offline or, you know, however that process would go. The next thing to that is having somebody's time dedicated to supporting those conversations. So depending on the sales setup, you could have just a sales team based on entirely of account executives, or you could have some SDRs or BDRs in support of that pre-sales motion. However, nobody really wants to be manning the inbox while they're online, and nobody really wants to be taking the turn of checking that. Of course, BDRs and SDRs are probably going to be a little bit more excited because they're fueled by that level of, you know, go-getting attitude and that initiative behind it. But I think being able to actually have a justification on why having that level of inbox monitoring is important. And again, this goes back to the conversation of supporting that user's experience and that journey on your website and being able to just monitor the conversations. Now, you don't need to be jumping in on every single one of them. You don't need to be answering everybody's questions all the time. You don't need to be, you know, just turning this into a full-time job and making sure that you're identifying those that are spiraling into an end loop and just be like, hey, how can I help? Or if the chat bot is programmed to identify that and say, let me bring in a live person to help and then actually having somebody available that can hop in. Another poor experience that I've experienced leveraging a chatbot is saying, um, going down this rabbit hole, the chatbot's getting stuck in that endless loop. They were able to identify that just on the back end via AI. And they were like, let me pull somebody in to help. So they looped somebody in and it was like that artificial welcome message like, hey, I'm such and such joining the conversation. And I typed back in, you know, what I was actually looking to solve that I wasn't able to get done with the chatbot. Never responded. I was sitting on the website for like ever, never responded. And I'm like, hello, like, are you still there? Are you actually a person? Like, hello. And that person just was never there online. And so if we're going to be going down that direction, right, of supporting the routing and pulling in a live version, actually making sure that you're backing that up and you have that person who can actually dive in and have those conversations and support that. This all is, it's an endless loop. It's a constant like A to B to C to D, like these connections and these connection points, they have to be solved from the very beginning all the way through of that journey so that that customer's experience, if you're in leveraging chatbots, can be seamless all the way through. That's the goal of a chatbot. It's not to provide more friction. It's not to make somebody frustrated and to leave and go to another website, like People underestimate how much an experience on a chatbot can put an overall taste in somebody's mouth. And I'll give you an example. This is another one of my personal examples. A lot of my clients pay me using the uh, provider bill.com. So when I send my invoices out, they'll add me and my business will connect on bill.com and they just, you know, send kind of those wire transfers all the way through. The problem with that is if, um, like I said, there's not no real problem, right? But one of the issues that I had was um, the client's bank account got acquired. And so like the routing number changed and the client was just unaware. 
And Bill.com was essentially hoarding my money because they were waiting for it to clear before they could send it to me. And so I was contacting Bill.com like left and right, trying to figure out sending them emails. I was trying to figure out how to just like freaking call somebody to figure this out. It's been like two weeks. And I was like, okay, like where's my money, right? And um, I was trying to figure out how to talk to somebody. And the only way, like they had no number to call. There was no live interaction. The only way I could connect with somebody was through a live chat. Fine, right? I did it. I went to Bill.com. I was on my computer. They're asking me to sign in. They didn't recognize my platform. Like I didn't have all the connections, I guess, online on like Bill.com on the site. But if I went on the app on my phone, they knew exactly who I was, my whole portal, whatever. So it just made more sense for me to do that live chat on my phone within the app. It did not make sense on the website experience, which is a whole nother conversation in and of itself. So I'm in the app and I'm live chatting and I'm sitting there with the app open, right? Because I'm waiting for somebody to respond and to solve this and we're going back and forth and the app times out and it says, you know, you've been inactive for too long and it signed me out. Very frustrating. So I had to sign back in. I had to start over and I had to start the conversation over. And of course, you get a whole new representative and they're like, what can I help you with today? And I'm like, I literally was just talking to somebody about all these problems that I'm having and we were this close to solving it, like super, super close to solving it. And it timed me out. It's like, so I have to start all over with you. And like, frankly, that's just frustrating. Can you route me to them or can you pull the history and we can just pick up where we left off? I had to do this three times, three times. And there was no option to just pick up the phone and talk to them. So this is where like that customer experience needs to come into consideration of like, I'm going down a spiral loop and I'm getting frustrated more and more by the amount of reps that I talk to because I'm just starting over and nobody's solving my problems and I'm just here, like I just want my problem solved. So this is an, a poor example of how chatbot was leveraged from like a customer support standpoint. However, well, you know, I'm actually going to track that statement. It, it wasn't a poor experience. I think it could have been optimized a little bit better if the app wasn't going to get timed out. Right. So there's a couple of different ways that we could have gone about that. Um, but lo and behold, I did. I was able to get it solved. So it was just a little bit more of a frustrating process. And so that's kind of like it's not the fault of the chatbot. It's the creator and, and behind the strategy of the reasoning why we're using it and how we and what we want to get out of it. Right. So those are some of the examples of um, or use cases for chatbots. Now. Because everybody in B2B is like, oh, we need to be modeling what B2C companies are talking about and what they're doing because they're successful with their marketing. Again, yes and no, right? I think within reason. But one of the things that I do think that, that it translates well are with chatbots. And here's an example. So if you guys have followed my journey so far, you know that I love Amazon and I buy way too much from Amazon. Uh, there was a package that I ordered um, that I think like was a pair of shoes for my daughter and I just like no longer needed it or something like that. Or you know what? No, it was a package that said it was delivered, but I actually never got it. That's what happened. And um, I contacted Amazon through the app and um, I was going down the chat um, service and they were like, you know, what can I help you with? And I was like, talk about something from my package. And they're like, okay, what's wrong with your package? And it said, you know, never received, need to return, or, you know, what are the, the other options that it was going through? So I selected, I never received. And so, you know, it went down the spiral and it said, um, okay, well, because you're still within like the 48 hours of it being delivered, 
it still could show up even though it was marked as delivered. So come back after that time period and we could have another conversation. Cool. No big deal. So I waited the time duration and then I came back and I was like, hey, listen, like I still didn't get it. I checked my front door. I checked my mailbox. I checked around the surroundings in case the person tried to hide it. Like I, I physically don't have this package. Like, can I request a refund or like can you just send it to me again? And um, the representative, I, I did the whole process again right through the chat. And after I said I need to talk about returning this item and um, getting my money back because the package never came. It routed me to a live person and probably within two minutes, I got my problem solved and they said, don't worry about it. We'll refund the money right now. If the package does come, they even said, feel free to keep it. Or if you seriously don't need it, feel free to return it. Here's the label like free shipping. And so I was able to get that completed in like two minutes because they were able to identify what my need was up front and that this probably required a little bit more than just what the chat bot could serve. And they routed me to an actual human who could support that need and get all the configurations and the trackings and all that set up for me. So I don't think chatbot marketing in B2B is dead. I don't think that it's ineffective. I think that it just, like many other channels, needs to be revolutionized with the lens of our consumers in mind. So all of this to say that because of the poor experiences that I've had with chatbots, it seems to be a little bit more of a norm of what B2B companies are doing on their website, more than the nice, easy journey of being able to figure out what I want right on a site. And so as you think about, one, if you have a chatbot right now that's set up on your website that immediately asks for that contact information, please stop. Please just turn that off right now and entirely rethink the way that that strategy is going on behalf of your consumer, right? Extract your marketing and your sales lenses, put on your consumer lenses and figure out a way that we can better optimize that process. So again, it's not that chatbots are ineffective or that you know they're dying as a channel. It's the fact that we're unwilling to put in the work behind making them successful. And in my opinion, it rolls under somebody else's role. Like when I was in-house as a demand gen marketer, it rolled under demand gen. Everything rolls under demand gen, paid media, email marketing, website optimization, chatbot marketing. But each one of those in and of itself could very much be full-time jobs, right? Like I feel like all the other demand gen marketers know, like we're swamped all the time trying to do it all and trying to pick the right channels. And even on the channels that we do pick and that we are very selective on, take a lot of work from getting it up and running, optimizing it, constantly checking, trying to figure out if we're on the right track. Like they're full-time jobs in and of itself. My two cents is that chatbot marketing is a full-time role in and of itself. To fully do it right and to have the support and the staff on hand, if it needs to be live routed, if it needs to involve a human, you have a person right there as a full-time resource that could answer those questions and provide, and they're trained to do that, right? That would take the the sense away from um, having like a BDR team constantly manage an open inbox. It would also have um, the opportunity to have somebody constantly monitoring the flows, the workflows of that chatbot and seeing, is it spiraling down? Do we need to optimize it? When routing does change, how can we have a champion that can make sure that it's, it's completed quickly? That chatbot individual can work with either the chatbot vendor or the operations team 
to get that routing configured in a timely manner. So I don't think that B2B companies intentionally sabotage their chatbot efforts. I think that they're trying to do too many things that are just hop on the trends that they don't actually think through how this fits in like the larger overall picture. And I've talked about this on a couple other episodes that I've done of like, what's that larger go-to-market motion? And marketers need to stop chasing shiny objects. Part of those things are chatbots. Chatbots blew up, I think in like 2011 or 12. They were huge, right? Everybody was getting chatbots. Drift was a, a leading company in the chatbot marketing. They were branding it as conversation marketing. And while all that's good and grand, that doesn't justify the reasoning to add it to a tech stack. You have to have the time and the resources and the strategy dedicated to making it successful, just like everything else that you're doing. And so again, really thinking through what that larger go-to-market motion is and how it takes chatbot marketing into consideration with that approach. So again, I don't think chatbots are dead. I don't think they're an ineffective channel. I think that they just need to be revolutionized with the way that B2B marketers and B2B marketing teams are used to going to market. And again, this is that revolution between switching from that lead gen motion to demand gen motion, specifically about only wanting to acquire a contact information from a chatbot, finding ways to reduce the friction. A great example here is if you have a chatbot listed on your get a demo landing page or form page. And the chatbot comes up and it says, hey, you know, you want to skip the form and book time directly with somebody. Like, heck yeah, I do, right? Like, absolutely. I don't want to fill out this nine step forms. That doesn't mean that the form is ineffective at capturing, right? It just means that if there's a quicker way and I'm ready to buy right here and right now, give it to me, right? If that option was never available and I landed on that form, I would fill it out, right? I don't think it prohibits the conversion aspect of that. But if you're going to promise a better and easier way to do something, please back it up. The problem that I see with B2B chatbots on these type of pages is it's like, hey, you want to skip the form and talk to somebody right now? I'm like, yes, absolutely I do. Cool. And then proceeds to ask the seven to nine fields that's directly on the form. Like that doesn't really save me any more time. Like I was going to do the form anyways. So that's just another example on the ways that we can just modernize how we think about using and leveraging chatbots. So hope that helps. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please do not forget to subscribe. Thanks, and see you next time.